When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. You are logged on to Wrestling Inc. across any of the platforms where you want your podcast. And you're tuning in with myself, Jimmy Corderas, and the Demon Diva, Issa. After Dynamite, it's another wonderful Wednesday night. Thank you all for being here live across YouTube, Twitch, wherever it may be. Or if you're checking us out after the fact, audio only. We appreciate you all the same. Boys and girls, let's uh, have some fun here tonight. First off, Isa, how are you down there in, uh, what is it? Is it sunny Puerto Rico today? Yeah, it was 91 degrees today. Woo! It was 91 degrees. So remember last time we spoke, I was telling you guys, oh, it's kind of cold. Yeah, that, that was a one-day thing. <laughs> Jimmy, how's Toronto? Tro- sunny, but cool. Very cool. It was chilly today, that's for sure. But it's supposed to be hot tamale. So as I say, chilly today, hot tamale. And well, not hot. Hot for here in November. It's supposed to get up to about 60, 65 degrees. So for here, that's like, wow. I'll say for Ontario in November, that's a pretty nice treat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, We appreciate everybody uh, live in the chat room starting to file in. Uh, We will talk all things AEW Dynamite tonight as they are just a few weeks away from full gear. Are they on the momentum path? They should be this far out, uh, or this close out, I should say, uh, to their pay-per-view. Uh, we'll talk all of that. We'll go uh, segment by segment. But first, I figured we would do like we do. We're not going to talk about any news items, per se, but uh, today is 25 years. Exactly. November 9th, 25 years ago in 1997, was the famous Survivor Series in Montreal. 
which is only referred to as one thing, which is the Montreal screw job. Now, uh, no point of us really needing to, to dissect what it means for wrestling history. That's been very well documented in the last 25 years uh, of Brett leaving, going to WCW, and, and et cetera, et cetera. The, the, the birth of a Mr. McMahon on-air character. There it is. There's the summary of it. Um, but I thought it'd be fun because, Jimmy, you know, we were doing the podcast here on the actual day. You were there. Um, there you know, there's even this photo right here of you in the match in the main event match before they even get the bell rung they like had a they just brought around the arena for a while there's you trying to uh authoritate some order <laughs> Sean telling you to screw off he's going to choke Brett anyways um so yeah. you were there Jimmy so it's not often you get to talk to somebody who was there at in the ringside area as this all goes down uh, i have a few specific questions i want to ask you but first just general uh when i say montreal screw job first hand memories that come to mind well, for, for, for us, for, you know, it was like we were told, uh, you know, be ready for the finish. This is what's going to happen. It's going to be a schmoz, blah, blah, blah. So, like you said, before the match, they brawled all over the building. We went out there, tried to keep them separated. And, and you know, obviously, as they brawled through the crowd, try to keep the crowd off as well. And then uh, I'm back in Gorilla watching the match and waiting for everything to go down because we were told that we were going to have to run down at the end of it to help break the schmoz up. Next thing you know, uh, I hear in, you know, in our IFB, okay, now Earl, get up now. And I'm standing like right beside Bruce Pritchard, who's Manny Gorilla, because Bruce, but because uh, Mr. B, Gerald Briscoe, was out with Vince at ringside, accompanying Vince. Bruce wasn't the one who talked to Earl. And that like threw me off. I'm like, that wasn't Bruce. And, you know, the, the person Manny Gorilla is the one who usually, man, you know, gives us the signals, gives us the times and stuff like that. So it had to come from the truck, in my opinion. Somebody in the truck said it. So the next thing you know, Earl gets up from taking the bump, calls for the bell, darts out of the ring. And we're all standing in Gorilla going, what, what just happened? You know, like it was supposed to end in a schmoz. We were supposed to go down, break it up. What, what do we do? And, you know, and Bruce was just stay here for now. You know, and, so that, and, yeah. So that's interesting because uh, I, I've never heard that perspective of somebody standing in gorilla like you were. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't Bruce that's in Earl's ear to get up off the bump, so that way he can then, of mm -hmm. course, ring the bell. Right. You said it's probably somebody from the truck. Uh, I mean, I guess the first assumptions Kevin Dunn. I would think. But what's interesting about this is that we've always kind of tried to learn over history who knew. Obviously, we knew mm -hmm. Sean knew that was going to happen. You know, he eventually came out and admitted it. I assume by proxy, Triple H knows. Vince knows. Gerald Briscoe knows. I think it's even. I think Briscoe's even come out lately and said that he was giving Sean pointers on if, if Brett tries to shoot, fight him, how to defend himself. I assume Patterson would have known. Pat, did Vince extend it to Kevin Dunn, saying, "Look, for TV purposes, this, this is what's going to go down." Maybe, maybe, maybe even last minute. Do you think? Uh, I, I, I'm just assuming here. I don't know. I, I didn't reckon, you know, Kevin Dunn has a distinct voice too. It didn't sound like Kevin. Hmm. That's the thing. <gasps> so, so even then I'm like, who was that? And I still, to this day, do not know who that was. That's oh, I love this. You know? Wow. That, that's a, that's a, that's an interesting little mystery there because, yeah. and, and, and why, why would it, do you think, do you, I don't know if Bruce has ever, uh, um, at, did, did Bruce know, do you think? Or do you think Bruce was kept in the dark? So that way he couldn't be held accountable. Much like how Jim Ross, head of talent relations, was kept in the dark. So he couldn't have been held accountable by Brett. If if Bruce knew about it, he's the greatest actor in the world. 
okay. because he looked genuinely shocked like everybody else. I think I think this was a tight circle kept very, very close. I think I don't think they wanted to get it to too many people because, you know, once more people find out about it, there's more of a chance of it getting out. Sure. So, Jimmy, so that's this is cool. So we we know. I mean, if you watch, um, well, I think it's the wrestling with shadows. You you hear the <laughs> Brett go into that that meeting with Vince that the night of uh, still mic'd, and they basically just kind of agree, let's just do like just a small. It's like you said, just a DQ mm-hmm. finish, and we can just get ourselves to the to to raw the next night. Right. So, Brett has the uh, or excuse me, Sean has a sharpshooter on Brett. It looks like Brett just before that bell gets rung is going to sweep Sean's leg, going to reverse mm-hmm. it. When Brett goes to reverse the sharpshooter, is that the finish? Is that is does he get Sean the sharpshooter? Is that when Triple H and company comes in, and then the heart? Like, what was the finish uh, as far as you knew? Do you know? All I knew was all we were told was it's going to end in a schmoz, and when they, uh, you know, when when it's a, a mess out there, you guys go out and help break it up. That was all we were told. We weren't told this is exactly going to happen. We were just said you'll get you'll get called when you need to go out. That was it. So I didn't know if it was going to happen off the sharpshooter or reversal of the sharpshooter or anything like that. I was just waiting for the queue to go just when they said, okay, go break up the schmoz. Because because I, I look now, just as I look, if Wikipedia is right, which it usually is on these things, especially it's got 25 years to get it right, <laughs> uh, the match time came to 19 minutes and 58 seconds. That does not count the schmoz that happens before, the one that we had just showed the photo of you trying to break up. So, I mean... At 19, so I mean, to me, that seems like okay. This match is going almost 20 minutes. That mm-hmm. seems like it's time to let's just go home here. We've give the people what they want. Let's just give them a little more chaos and tune in tomorrow. Sure. Um, so that's that's interesting. I, I I wonder how much more was there and and what what it would have mm-hmm. been. No, and and uh, you know, uh, obviously the, the the big question everybody says, oh, you know, people have always asked me, what would you have done if it would have been you in that position? And and like, it's easy to say I would have, I wouldn't have, but what. I guess, you know, you do what the boss asks you to do, I guess. If right. you want to keep your job, like, what are you going to do? Are you going to end up in WCW too? Yeah. You, right. you know what I mean? You don't know what's going to happen, yeah. you know, Earl was protecting himself. So, so who do I side with this? I felt, I felt for both men for, I felt for everybody involved, you know, and it, it was hard to feel sorry for Sean because, you know, Sean was a little cocky about it at the time. He was a different person back then. You know what I mean? But, yeah. uh, you know, I felt for both men, but, and it's in a weird way from a business standpoint, I kind of understand where Vince was coming from as well. When, when do you realize what was going on? Right. Cause you see, you hear this weird voice, you get sent out there. When did, when did you start processing exactly what was happening uh, here? How long did it take you? Um, it, it took a while because um, like after, after Sean left the ring, he looked like he was, you know, he, when he was, you, you saw how he took the belt. It was like yeah, he grabbed yeah, yeah. it and it was like, he looked like he was upset. But just before he walked out of the arena through the curtains to go back through Gorilla, he jumped up and down and, like, yeah. and celebrated. Then he came through Gorilla. And as he <laughs> stepped through Gorilla out into where the seating area is to watch the backstage monitor where all the boys are, he kind of threw the belt down. Are you kidding me? This was, I did, I, I don't want it this way. And he put on a bit of a show. Let's put, let's put it that way. And so I'm, so that had me curious too. Like I'm wondering what's going on here. Mm. And you know, yeah. and then, yeah. you know, of course, all the stuff that happened afterwards with Vince going to see him and, you know, take or tell him, you got to go, you got to go face him face to face. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's uh, like you said. Yeah, I mean, if you're the ref, I mean, if, you're, if it's you or if it's Hebner or whoever, like, yeah, I mean, is do you come to Brett and tell him what's going to happen, expecting Brett to take you along to Atlanta and give you part of that three million dollar contract or five million dollar right. contract? Right, was. right. Um, but then you, but Jimmy, you go back out there, right? Are you out there when when the off when the off pay per view footage that we all have seen now of Brett smashing the monitors? Just try. Are you out there trying to break that up? No. No, no, not yet. They said everybody just wait. We'll we'll let you know. Let because it, you know they, they weren't sure what was going to happen with Brett. You know, obviously we saw the footage of Brett spitting on Vince and the, the whole yeah. bit like that. Him breaking the monitors and doing the WCW in the air and all that stuff. Uh, we were just you know shocked like everybody else, waiting waiting to be told what to do next. To the best of your recollection. Did anybody ask you, since you're a ref, since you're part of the referee camaraderie, did anybody ask you, Jimmy, did you know? Uh, a few guys did the next day in Ottawa. Yeah. Like, did you know anything about I said, no. I like it, you know, and people like, you know, they, <laughs> you know, you could tell if somebody's trying to cover it up a little bit. I, I was completely in the dark and, and, you know, and it was just one of those weird nights. And, and I, I just remember, uh, having the meeting the day after with Vince held a meeting the, the next night to Tuesday night when we were taping for uh, the ne- the following week's Raw and having a meeting with everybody and telling him he had to do what he had to do and then giving his explanation that, you know, you know, Brett didn't want to do business the right way. And, and, you know, the proper thing to do in this industry is you drop the title before you leave because Brett wanted to relinquish the title. You know, just to 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 turn it over because he didn't want to turn it over to Sean. he didn't want to do the honors for Sean, so to speak. Which is nuts, you know. Which is nuts because you know Sean. I mean, Brett probably would have. And then, then the famous story is, you know, however many weeks prior, you mm-hmm. know, Brett says, you know, I, I would, I would, I would graciously do the same thing to you, and then, mm-hmm. and then, or I would drop the title to you. I have no problem with that. And then Sean goes, oh, I thank that, I, I thank you, but I would not do the same to you. And that's when Brett said, all right, I can't. Mm-hmm. Like it's right. just amazing that that one petty just. These two just acting like children just want just that one that that thing to spiral it of I'm not dropping in the Canada I'm not doing I'll drop it to anybody else right um, but not not to him he I think at one point he even said he mentioned Steve Lombardi yeah Brooklyn yeah. Brawler I think and, I've heard that, you know yeah, yeah so but uh, or no but but, yeah. but but that was a kind of like a joke kind of like to emphasize his point but didn't he like one of the legit suggestions didn't he say like let me like drop it to Shamrock like it wasn't Shamrock because because the next month that's who that's who challenges Sean for the world title at the pay per view is Ken Shamrock so I was curious you know so Shamrock was being positioned as a guy right I I, I believe so uh, you know that that's that's one of the things that uh, I don't remember very well yeah wow it was crazy. it was an, it was it was a crazy it's fascinating night. yeah was was Hebner at TV the next day did he go to Raw the next day or did Vince say go home and just cool off for a while no no they they, they Wow, he would. I think it was because of Taker. Taker, you know, just you know, uh, he's a, he was our leader. He took care of him. He said, you know, you did what you had to do. You know. So, ta- so, ta- so Taker told the the boys nobody f with Earl. Yeah, he, pretty much. He he know. he just did what he was told to do by the boss. You know. Let, wow. yeah. uh, Robert Martinez <laughs> super chat saying respect to Jimmy. A great story. Sold on full gear. We will get into. Thank full you. Gear we'll get into that. that. Yes, absolutely. So oh, that's very it's, cool. It's Jimmy. so fascinating from your side of it, Jimmy. I'm Thank over you. here just like, because, you know, all that I've ever like gone through is just the podcast, the shows that we're seeing, obviously mm-hmm. the bread documentary and just the back and forward and arguments. I remember when my nephew first started getting into wrestling, that's one of the first things that we're searching, like moments in history, you know, that we missed mm-hmm. when we weren't watching it. 
oh my god we still he's 24 years old and we still debate over our different opinions on what yeah. went on that night i'm gonna make mm -hmm. sure he watches this <laughs> yeah well here's the other thing too like uh, you, you know i was part of the ring crew at the time as well so we're waiting to go out there so we could start tearing you know tearing down the ring and stuff like that and brett was just <laughs> wouldn't leave and we're like okay uh, we get it and then you know we were out there doing our business and then we hear all of a sudden somebody comes running out oh did you hear brett just punched vince and we're like what <laughs> you know like oh my goodness we're missing all this cool stuff <laughs> Go, goes to show you backstage drama has been a thing since always it's just always. how documented it is today mm -hmm. compared to back then oh my god yeah. could you imagine there's a live press conference after survivor series 97 <laughs> oh my goodness oh my god and but remember, cm punk hold my diet pepsi <laughs> yeah exactly cm punk could never <laughs> And, and the whole fact that the whole thing about, uh, you know, Brett going in to talk with Vince about the match and, and him being Mike, because they were doing the Wrestling with Shadows documentary yeah. at the same yeah. time. So there were cameras everywhere. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, so, yeah, I, I think it was Brett that asked the camera guys to leave before the uh, incident with Vince happened in the locker room. So, yeah, uh, he, he like looks over and goes, you guys should probably leave now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you don't have Amazing. my assault on camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't want any video evidence. It, it wasn't cell phone footage wasn't as prominent back in that day. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm looking at the card right now. There's only uh, two other uh, singles matches. The rest are traditional four on four Survivor Series event. Jimmy, uh, obviously you're out there with the the group of refs out there, just you know uh, mm -hmm. enforcing the eliminations for the other match. Do, do you? Did you? There was Kane against Mankind, and also Stone Cold against Owen, which is famous because this is Stone Cold back three months later against Owen after being dropped on his neck. Did you ref either one of the singles matches? Do you remember? I don't believe I did. And the funny thing is, I don't even remember what I refereed that match uh, that <laughs> night because all my memories are of what happened at the end right. there. Yeah. That just took over everything. We we'll have to go back and watch the whole pay per view so we can yeah. say, Jimmy, your memory is bad. You did referee this one match. <laughs> right. Oh, that's awesome. Um, all it's right, like well, it's like it's like I always say, you know, like I can remember the words to every '70s and '80s song I hear on the radio when I'm driving, but I don't remember why I went down to the kitchen like five minutes ago. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 25 years ago today, it was Survivor Series 1997, the famous Montreal screw job. So, uh, uh, great, great, great point of view and recount from Jimmy. Uh, I, I've never, I've, I, you and I have never actually really talked about that. Uh, no. So to hear your perspective from standing in gorilla, that's a, that's a perspective I have not heard documented. That's mm -hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. It's mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kevin Landry says, I love all three of you, but I also miss Matt Morgan. Uh, yeah. Mike drop Matt a lot on social media. He's doing his thing mm -hmm. uh, yeah, down in Florida still. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Christy says it's crazy how underappreciated Jimmy is. In the online wrestling community, he mm. articulates so cleverly and genuinely tries to not sound negative. Great addition to the show. Jimmy's the oh, best. I appreciate Jimmy's that. the best. Oh, thank Jimmy's you. Yeah. Oh. You're, un <laughs> you're underappreciated, Jimmy. I, I, I guess. I, I don't know. Like, like, I'm here. I enjoy this. I enjoy talking to you guys. I enjoy Monday nights uh, with, with Triple J. I enjoy doing the ref and rest. I do them because I have fun doing them. Uh, you know, people take things a little too seriously sometimes. Wrestling is supposed to be enjoyed and have fun. Fun and an escape. Agreed. Yes. One thousand percent agreed. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, that's what it's all about. Yep. But I, 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 I love doing this with the both of you, but um, I have gotten to see wrestling from a whole different perspective since I started talking about it with you. So well, thank you. 
And it looks like Chris had like a duplicate, uh, but, but did just add in this one. Shout out from India. So watching from India. Nice. So, uh, wow. Awesome. We're international. Look at international. that. International. <laughs> it is also the 800th day of Roman Reigns reign as this a is universal true. champion. <laughs> you know, and I wasn't going to let it go and not bring it up. So of course happy so. 800 <laughs> days of Roman Reigns to everybody. To those who celebrate, of course I do. So To those who celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have a video coming tremendous. up on my channel. It'll be uploaded tonight. It is all of my reactions throughout the last 800 days of Roman Reigns. My favorite moments. I couldn't put all of them together. It would have been like a two-hour video. But my favorite moments of this reign. So so go subscribe to my YouTube channel. Cheap plug. Oh, what a compilation that's going to be. Nice. <laughs> what a compilation that's going to be. All right. Very good. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into aew dynamite tonight coming from boston massachusetts and we kick off with some uh, eight man tag action we got the guns plus swerve plus keith lee going up against ftr and the acclaim uh billy gunn makes a, uh, a last minute uh run-in appearance as the entrances are winding down to attack swerve so that was a nice big pop from the crowd uh i want to note here uh, there was a spot that austin gunn does his best little jab jab road mm -hmm. dog shimmy shake uh and then swing and a miss gets put into a sharpshooter and i i yeah. note that for those of you who weren't plugged into social media today mm -hmm. uh some quotes maybe out of context i haven't listened to the audio but some quotes mm -hmm. uh being uh, surfaced around that road dog had made on a podcast basically i'm, I'm paraphrasing here but saying that He's a better wrestler than Bret Hart. Is not as good of a wrestler, but but he's a better. Road Dog's a better sports entertainer than Bret was, and that's what it's all about. That's that's the one mm -hmm. that's got that's been sensationalized. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I have it out of context. I'm just saying that's what got buzzed around, and mm -hmm. so funny little spot, little little nod to the uh, to to the to the social medias today of that spot there. Uh, ultimately, though, um, uh, Bowens is going to get the pin and mm -hmm. the victory for the good guys. I uh, do want to note, though, W. Morsey and uh, Stokely Hathaway out there with the guns, but they mm -hmm. did not, I don't believe, make themselves really physically. They didn't really like, do anything. They were just there kind of as, as presents. Yeah, more or less. I think there was one spot where they may have got involved, but it wasn't overly done like like we usually see. Like AEW precedent. Like. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. But um, still, yeah. I mean, yeah, Jimmy, go ahead, keep going. I mean, uh, I mean no. oh, oh, a fun opening match. I mean, uh, yeah. All, all the guys involved in this match are over to a degree with the audience. Mm -hmm. um, so this was fun. And I mean, I think the right, right finish happened here, which is the acclaim keep on rolling. Yeah. yeah. The only, the only issue I have with it, like you said, it was a fun match. It was pretty much what I expected from an eight man tag team match and AEW rules would not be followed very well. There'd be a lot of shenanigans going on and that sort of stuff, but, but it was a fun match. The only problem I had was with the finish I got a little confused as to who was the legal, who were the legal men in the finish, because, you know, there's, there's two individuals in the ring. All of a sudden there's a separate two individuals doing a spot. Then another two individuals doing a spot. Who were the legal ones? I, I kind of lost track. And it was like, uh, you know, then Aubrey counts one, two, three. And I went, Oh, wait a minute. What, what? Now I'm trying to think back. Were they the legal? And if you have to start thinking about whether the, it was the legal two people who, who, uh, who fit, ended the match, then the finish got lost in translation. 
it, which is which is fair. I will I will I will play devil's advocate to you. I think hardcore or casual viewer, okay, obvious rules being broken and not being called. I think that's like a blatant like whatever. I I do say it, it's a it's a the, the the if if there's legal man questions, it definitely is a peek behind the curtain of. I think they got a little ahead of themselves trying to put this finish together, but I don't think your average viewer is keeping track of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess that's where it comes to like you know, you got all these moving yeah. parts of eight people, but nonetheless, I mean, I get, but 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 you're here as a referee to, to point that out. So I'm not negating right. the, the the point out, but I I will say I don't har- I don't that one doesn't bother me as much because I'm like I don't I don't know how much that takes away people from the finish. I think when we see blatant you it, it, disregard from rules, that's an obvious mm-hmm. one. Uh, Issa, uh, how did the opening here sit with you tonight? Well, I don't want to play devil's advocate here, but to Jimmy's point, I'm going to send you the clip. I'm going to tag you guys because my first impression was, who is even the legal person here? And I had a couple of comments in my chat saying, it just feels like everybody's doing spots and I'm not sure Mm -hmm. what's going on anymore. And it was a constant comment happening on my watch along. So people do pay attention to that because people were like, everybody's just doing spots. That's all this match is. For an opener, it was fun. You had a hot crowd. I, I did really enjoy the crowd tonight in Boston. They were popping for a lot of things. You got the acclaim coming out there. I do think that the teasing of this, the distinction between Swerve and Keith Lee is just making the match between them so predictable that I'm just so disconnected at this point about this feud and this match. It's the third time we've seen it. We know these two guys are not on the same page. So it's just like, why not give it to FTR then and give us something new at full gear? But for an opening fast pace, look at us doing all of these spots. It was a great match to get the crowd going and get the show started on a high note. That's a that's a really great point, Issa, um, about the, the you know that I, I left that out, but we'll, we'll go into that. So Swerve comes out first, and then Heath Lee behind him. Swerve tries to give a fist bump to Lee, and Lee no sells him, and they just keep walking. Um, so I mean that that's a very fair analysis of what it, that does. Um, I'm all for them moving Swerve into the heel category because i think there's something natural and organic that's happening there that the people are buying into i do wonder what is the right thing to do with keith lee you know i mean keith got that he got that first night pop that everybody gets when he made his first night of his debut whatever whatever it was i can't time runs together now right but things kind of just died off after that as it does with a lot of some of the other like oh it's really cool to see them here and then it's like okay now they're just another guy or girl so like is Keith Lee it's putting him back to being a singles babyface the way to go, or do you just let him follow in the heel path with with Swerve? I'll, I'll be interested to see how mm-hmm. Keith Lee's booking and, and and trajectory is over the next few months because I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm I'm in question of whether or not this is the right thing to do to have right. him split. I hear you. I hear you. I don't see Keith Lee handicapping people from scissoring. I hope he doesn't do that. Let let that for Swerve. Right. Handicapping people from scissoring. The phrases that we the <laughs> phrases that come out of my mouth uh, come out of well. your mouth on this on the show. <laughs> um let's hit a few super chats here. Okay. Uh G Lee, that's what makes Jimmy's great. He's humble too. Oh, thank you, G. Appreciate it. So we should have a Jimmy appreciation podcast just on a random night, you know, just like sit Jimmy on a throne and we just like just show him. Oh, my goodness. Jimmy, when's your birthday? My birthday is in March, March 19th. Oh, so perfect road to mania show. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Uh, Tina and Kevin, we'll get to your super chats here in a moment uh, uh, accordingly on the subject matter. 
Uh, let's talk about MJF. So they uh, tout how we've not seen MJF on Dynamite since the uh, attack a few weeks ago. He's put through the table. Uh, he, of course, is challenging for the world title to John Moxley at full gear coming up in a few weeks. So MJF not there live, but he was on the uh, number one sports podcast in America. Pardon my take. And they show him there in studio, him him being a guest, and then he proceeds to kind of just stop in the mid-conversation and direct his attention to one camera, and he just cuts uh, a non-stop, uncut, one-take promo uh, that is one of the best promos I can recall, not just by him, but by anybody. Uh, I'll just give you a quick little highlight of it. He's basically talking about how the docs told him not to travel and that if he wants to be 110% of this title match, now, he's listening to them. They said don't travel, so he is not on the road. So that, that is their way of getting him excused from being on Dynamite right now in Storyline. Mm-hmm. And he says this is, and he says he's gonna he's gonna do that. He wants to be 110 percent because this match against John Moxley, uh, it, it is gonna be the it could be the crowning of the next face of a generation. And he, and he notes how you know Bruno, Hulk Hogan, Dusty, Flair, Stone Cold, Cena, all. The the birth uh, uh, of you know the faces of their generation and MJF equates himself to that and that when he becomes AEW World Champion, that is the era that we are entering into. Uh, he notes he then finally notes uh, how his spotlight has constantly been hogged. Uh, he talks about whether it is um, Matt Hardy having a big spot in a main event match that overtook his attention. He talks about. Blood and guts staying on top of the cage, and all he says is Jericho. But I think he's alluding to the 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 the, the Jericho spot, and everybody thought that it looked cheesy. Uh, and then he most notably uh, reacts to his return and comeback at All Out, and that he's overshadowed and his spotlight is stolen by a press conference. Uh, he will not let his spotlight be stolen at full gear. Isa, five stars, six stars, seven stars. Where are you at on it? 10 stars one take mjf i love that you brought that up because i brought it up too i was like one freaking take and you know what i loved about this is that mjf could have delivered that promo just the same live in front of the crowd i know it for Mm -hmm. a fact like um it was pre-tape it doesn't matter he would have done it in front of the crowd he explained why he's not there um i love the fact that he mentioned that it is his time mjf has been here since day one calls himself Mm -hmm. a pillar which moxley went back and mentioned we'll get into that later right but what do you have to prove it outside of these diamond rings that don't really really mean anything storyline wise right so i love i love him bringing up the face of a new generation i loved everything that he had to say the only nitpick that i have is the tweet that he sent out today saying you'll hear from me tonight let's sell some tickets there's still some available he wasn't there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so he baited some people when it comes to that but this was perfect in a promo battle and we'll talk about Mox because it wasn't bad but I will say MJF took it and sold full gear tonight yeah it was absolutely when you talk about blow away promos he just blew it out of the water he didn't he didn't hit a home run he knocked it out of the park it, it left the building it was incredible and you talk all the time about Yes, you can do all these things on television and do run these angles and stuff like that to try and to, to push a match. But at the, the the great ones are able to talk people into the seats or talk people into buying the pay-per-view. What MJF did tonight was he talked, at least for me, talked me into wanting to see this pay-per-view specifically for that match. And that is a that truly is an art. And when you talk about a generational talent, he's proving to uh, uh 
he's still a little young. He will get there. But I think in, in due time, he will prove to be a generational talent. You know what, to your point, sorry to, to post that again. I, I can talk about NJF for an hour if you let me. But as an NJF, like he's been my favorite thing in AEW since AEW, you know, was created. Yeah. And him talking about it's, 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 about, it's due, it's about time. It's true. You go back and think of all these pay-per-views you bought to see MJF get his big moment or see MJF get his big matches. I'm even thinking of the ones that I attended live while he put on some great matches. I haven't seen a crowning moment for my favorite AW performer. And it's, go it's going to feel like a big deal. And then you know that Mox is going to give him... I mean, I think MJF wins, right? I'm already over here celebrating. But I think Mox is also going to give him the fight of his life. And I think that winning it from Moxley... Come for me. I don't care what anybody has to say. It's a bigger deal than winning it from old, fragile CM Punk. Because you're beating a guy that's also at his best, also on his prime. You know, one of the best things that AEW has produced. I think that's a big deal. While I get that CM Punk has the name value, mm -hmm. I think that Moxley is going to give him that run for his money, that match that we want to see MJF win mm -hmm. at 110%. So tell you what, let it, let let's stay with this. Uh, I don't normally. I, I usually go linear on the on the dynamite rundown, but I'm actually going to jump around just so we can do all the MJF <laughs> Moxie right now. Right. So we let's let's fast forward into the second hour. Moxie comes out with Regal, and Moxie cuts a promo. Uh, he recalls when he was young and 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 uh, being under the, the 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 William Regal learning tree and and, and what have you and. And, and basically recounts his history and that says, you know, young Moxley, young, dumb Moxley sounds like kind of young, dumb MJF. And, and he knocks MJF's public identity, you know, makes fun of him, you know, trying to look like a million bucks and trying to present himself with a certain bravado, makes a joke that his mom buys his clothes at JCPenney's for him. And basically says that MJF does this talk to talk, but he can't really walk the walk. And then he, then he knocks MJF, uh, calling himself the devil. And Mox gets real close, real serious in the camera and talks about, He's met the devil, talks about all the bad people, bad places, bad things he's seen, done, seen other people do, and that you are not the devil. And and the crowd is reacting to this promo. Another good promo. Mm -hmm. This one, you know, maybe, I don't know, MJF's was one take, it, it, what we saw. I didn't listen to the live recording of the podcast, but, you know, but this obviously is clearly one take live in the middle of the ring. Crowd reacts to this one as well. They're also cheering at some point for, for Moxie for this promo. What do you... What do you do here? What's if you're Tony Khan, if you're head booker, what are you expecting? Are you expecting this to be a respectful crowd in New Jersey, which they're playing it towards it being even though it's Jersey, but they're playing they just lump all of Jersey and New York together and it's MJF's backyard. Mm -hmm. Are you expecting MJF to be the clear cut face and mocks at the heel? Or are you expecting a split crowd of face face? Like Jimmy, what what, what do you think is gonna happen here? It's hard to predict because you could see that the crowd, even outside of the New York tri-state area, you know, wants to cheer MJF because they are so taken in by him. They are they they enjoy him that much, even in in the role of a heel, and they want to cheer him. Now MJF does have the ability to get that crowd turned. He is able to get them to boo him, but at the same time. Uh, I don't want to rush the babyface turn for MJF. He's still got some legs as a heel. And I would like them to wait a little bit for the right time. Maybe this match, something happens in this match that doesn't that involves someone else outside of these two. All right. Uh, but so, we're, now yeah. we're, I'm jumping way ahead. So now. to that, let me, let me talk. Let me toss. Wait, let me toss. Wait, wait, wait. So let me toss that to Issa. Uh, so another thing that happened 
this happened, I think, right after commercial, after the MJF promo. We get a pre-tape, quick pre-tape yeah. promo of Stokely Hathaway, and he is just, he's just itching to make MJF's life hell mm-hmm. after being fired by MJF. So, Issa, you were a minute ago just talking about how you're celebrating already. You know, it's foregone, yeah. it's foregone conclusion. Tony Khan and MJF, Tony Khan and MJF obviously worked out whatever shoot real life issues came to surface. He's got MJF back on TV. MJF's in the world title match, so it's just it's just as we assume, right? MJF is the new world champion come November nineteenth. Are we sure, or are we making some noise with other participants to somehow get us out of that? And how are you okay with that? Or is the crowd going to be throwing trash like it's Bash of the Beach '96 if MJF doesn't walk out as champion? I don't know about throwing trash, but I think that the, the crowd is expecting it to happen. Thanks it's for Jer- it's that Jersey. Up. It's Jersey. Of course they throw trash. Have you ever been to Jersey? They're not going to no. throw trash. It is, okay, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Listen, um, <laughs> I didn't like the two back-to-back pre-tape promos. By the way, they could have timed this separately, but I guess it kind of plays to keep this in the back of your head. I mm-hmm. think the person that's going to play a part here is actually William Regal. I think that maybe Stokely tries to become involved, but they but they get rid of, you know, they, they manage that. I think it's going to be a William Regal. He'll turn on Mox, and he goes Ooh. with MJF. That's Ooh. what I think is going to happen. Ooh. I like. I like. It, and and a good way to explain it is, is maybe, yes, uh, what you said a few weeks ago about uh, MJF being a young you, I totally agree. Your time has come and gone. MJF is the future. He, call, he yeah. He, you know, he. You say generational talent. That is exactly what he is. And then maybe that's the way you could turn. It. Wow. All right. I like that. He's that's a, a hell of a call. That's a hell of a call. When I'm right, I'll text you guys. Because hmm. I'll be there live. I'm going to full gear, so I'm gonna. Oh. I'll be basking in my own glory. Awesome. <laughs> she, she is shooting her shot all right let's uh let's get to the super chats here kevin waiting patiently thank you kevin he says i hated the mjf promo i hated i hated the mjf promo you can see the baby face turn and it just looks unnatural being a heel looks so natural for MJF. there's no reason why they're pushing no. this njf as a baby face thing he's not it's not gonna be a baby face. We saw him. He did it with Punk. He did it with Punk a couple of times, and people fell yeah. for it. The only difference is that he turned the right then and there. I think here mm-hmm. he's gonna wait for the right time. Exactly. Yeah, and look, Kevin, I, I think um, you know we've talked about this. I think MJF he, he, he could still be the same MJF and still line up on the baby mm-hmm. face side of the fence. I, I used, right. I, I think I used it last week. In fact, it's it, it's it's much like Austin. It's just yes. you know. If you watch Steve Austin prior to March of 97, well, we're all about 97 tonight here. Mm-hmm. Prior to Mania 13, Austin would take he would he would deliver a low blow unprovoked. He would he would do the the heel things. Once he became the babyface, once that turn happened, he still had the same edge and grit. He just didn't resort to those things first. He let his heel opponent do it first, and then and then it would be eye for an eye, right? Uh, or eye for you know uh, you know something else. He'd find some bombastic you know mm-hmm. return, beer truck or something. So I, I think Kevin, I think the same can be applied to MJF. MJF can still do the same. MJF can still rag on the crowd, and the crowd will kind of just revel in it because it's i mean i think that we can still keep what what has made mjf work i think you can still keep it but just make more of his opponents be heels rather than 
than baby faces. So yeah. yeah. We'll see. Uh Corey mm-hmm. says MJF is a great promo, but should remain a heel. All right. So okay. some questions here right. from people uh on, on that. Um Peter asks, weren't we cel- weren't we supposed to be celebrating Wardlow as the next big star after the MJF drama? The shift turned towards MJF and now Wardlow is in a tag. Huh? Yeah. Well, we'll get to, we'll get to Wardlow in a minute here yeah. about him yeah. being in a tag. But but I but but I, I Peter, I will say this: the um the, the the last tag of the promo that MJF's talking about spotlight being stolen. I think business is certainly there for eventually Wardlow and MJF to have another mm-hmm. singles match where Wardlow can spit the same back at him, saying, you know. Max, you took your you took your whiny ball and went home on a night that was supposed to be for me. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's mm-hmm. some real life blurred of lines that we can get mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. Uh. We also have some other. Uh, Peter has another one that mm-hmm. looks like it's coming to me. We have some ones. We have, we have this one for Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Jimmy wrestling enthusiast says I uh, was watching Taker Batista steel cage match from 07, and I love how much emotion Jimmy showed before oh. allowing Edge to cash in his money in the bank. Oh, and wow. is there another one from Wrestling Enthusiast? Hang on one second here. Uh, Batista, Batista t- Taker cage match from SmackDown, I believe. That's the one where I instituted instant replay. Oh, really? They, I believe that was the match where they both exited the ring and landed at the same time and had to restart the match. Uh, so, yeah, the second. Maybe. So the second part of his chat is any memories on that night and how stressful it was to ref two matches in a row with time constraints and an Undertaker who was injured at the time. Yeah, so this was so Jimmy. If I uh, this actually hits a this hits a nerve with me because I was a huge Mr. Kennedy fan. Mm-hmm. This is the year that Mr. Kennedy wins the Money in the Bank at Mania twenty three in Detroit, mm-hmm. and then uh, gets injured a few weeks later, gets misdiagnosed. His diagnosis is he's out, going to be out for nine months. Right. So the call is, well, we got to get the Money in the Bank briefcase off him. Edge takes it off mm-hmm. of him, mm-hmm. only for them to find out that his diagnosis was wrong, and he actually was only mm-hmm. about like six weeks. Right. And what have you. So, but then this leads into. Edge Taker stuff. So yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. any any more <clears throat> remember um, uh, memories from this? No, I just I just uh, I I thought it was uh, it worked out great. I thought the, the whole thing turned out great, and I appreciate the 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 comments about my emotion during that match. I didn't want to oversell it, but at the same time, I wanted to put the uh, put it over that Undertaker was injured, and here comes Edge, and this is how. Come on, man! You don't you know, fellow Canadian, you don't do it this way, kind of thing, you know, and which also led to me getting the opportunity to referee these two at WrestleMania 24. Yeah. So, uh, you know, um, uh, nothing but fond memories of both Edge and Taker and, and getting to work with both of them. It was awesome. I was blessed, man. Trip down memory lane with Jimmy. All right, but let's go back to MJF and, uh, yeah. and some, some of the booking that Issa just put out here. Tina saying, Regal is turning heel with MJF. We've had faces as champions for a year. Time for a heel to hold the title hostage and make the faces chase. That's money. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin, I disagree. I think Regal and Moxie turn heel by attacking MJF with the brass no. knuckle. So they've Regal been, and Moxie been, go heel. No, they've been telling this story, and I want all of you guys to go back because I don't forget the night that William Regal debuted in AEW, he had a 10-minute speech about why he is behind Brian. And then when he turned around to Moxley, I made fun of this. He said, and Moxley, I've known you for a long time. And he just kept talking. I completely yeah. dismissed all of, go back and watch it, I'm telling you. He completely dismissed all of Moxley's relationship with him while putting over Brian. I always felt from the second he debuted that mm-hmm. while he, yeah, Moxley's, you know, team Regal, 
I don't yeah. think that Regal was always all in there. So yeah. I'm just saying it's it's been going on since the night he showed up. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. hmm. <laughs> now you got me thinking, Isa. Now you got me thinking. Long term booking. Isa's mm -hmm. got the hair on Jimmy's head just burning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're on my I face. Can... <laughs> <laughs> I can make that I can make that joke because Jimmy and I are like identical in that regard. Yeah, so. There you go. Um what do we got next? Peter also in the super chat. Uh as a self-proclaimed Labara story. And I always I was always curious why you left Bleach Report in 2014 and why did you stop writing articles altogether? Uh so with Bleach Report 2014, it, um uh, basically, yeah, I was right. I had a great time with them. Still look back and fond of my time and love doing videos with Alfred Kenowa. This is nasty. We did a lot of fun. We did a lot of fun live green screen magic together, looking like we were in the same room together when we were 3,000 miles apart. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a blast. Basically, what happened was I, um, that year was on NBC Sports a couple times uh, with Michelle Beadle pre in New York previewing Mania, previewing SummerSlam, and maybe another one. And when doing that, I some of my other employers that I also had doing pro wrestling stuff, not bleach report basically said, we'd like you to try to be more exclusive to us and mm -hmm. basically bought out my bleach report deal. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. and, and bleach report also just gotten, it also just went from being the, the, the gem that it was organically and owned by a couple guys in San Francisco. I think they had just sold to Atlanta, just sold to, to Turner. And it was kind of like, you know, I'm going to the new devil I don't know, so to speak. And it was just, it was just a situational thing. Uh, I know hard feelings towards them. I gave them a nice notice. They, they, everything, there was no bad, bad blood. So um, that was that. And then, I mean, in terms of writing articles, I just, I continue on writing, you know, there was a, that from that time all the way through like 2016 to 2017, I mean, I was writing at least two columns a week for the trip here in Pittsburgh maybe some for wrestle zone and it's like when you when you're being told and expected to write x amount of columns a week especially you know everybody thinks that they can everybody wants to do a podcast and write wrestling columns on the road to mania or when a, a brawl out press conference situation happens or when vince steps down mm -hmm. talk to me in the dog days of december when like it it, it 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 you know it just it gets to a point where it's like you, you just start to feel like creatively you're just Am I finding something to nitpick for a reason? Like I don't know. It's just it's so it just got to it got to a point where I just want to relieve that. And quite frankly, uh, the people read less. They read headlines more. They like more video mm -hmm. clips. So uh, there there was just more financial and more value. There's more value in the people I work for to do this and take a 30 second clip of what I say or 60 second clip of what I say or an interaction I have with Issa and Jimmy. And that mm -hmm. goes a lot longer of a way and is easier quality control than doing a. 600 word column making sure it's grammatically the best it can be making sure making sure it has making sure it has seo search engine value it, it, it just it just this is just yeah. the easier way to go about it so there that's go. where that's where we went mm. so appreciate it easier said than written yes yes mm. it, it is easier One said than thousand written. percent and, yeah. and you get more engagement as well it's not the and, same when it comes yeah. to the articles and and not 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 to do the cheap plug but as someone who who took the time to write the book uh, yeah, I'm it, it does, right now. It, 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 it's oh, thank you. It's uh, it's not easy. Let me put it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean the quality control. Like, yeah, I mean I can go on a rant for two or three minutes on here easily, mm -hmm. and, and and make it 
I think sound interesting or be whatever, but like, but to do that same thing to put it in, in written form and then make it translate correctly on the internet, it, that's it's a whole different game. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. Anyways, that's enough about me. Uh, thanks for <laughs> joining, Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day. You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, shout out to Oz with the super sticker. All right, let's get back uh, into Dynamite here. Uh, so we did all the MJF stuff here. Let's mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about next up. Ethan Page back out there with Stokely Hathaway up against Eddie Kingston. They show some uh, raw indie footage talking about these guys have a decade of history with each other. Very, uh, very well, very familiar with each other. This is an elimination, uh, an eliminator tournament matchup. At the end of this tournament, whoever wins is going to get to face the winner of MJF and Moxley. Mm-hmm at winter is coming so that does give some stakes to this tournament um contested battle between these guys the finish though they have a name for it i missed the name sorry somebody will correct me ethan page does a razor's edge he has his own name for it a razor's edge off the top rope onto eddie kingston and gets the victory here uh so ethan page going over on eddie kingston isa is that the right call First of all, did it not bother you a little bit that you have to use this indie footage because you're not building storylines on your own show? So you're like, look, they wrestle each other. <laughs> you know, like like tournament is the I love it. I love a good tournament. Don't get me wrong. I don't even know where the brackets are for this one. I don't know where it came from, but it's like the easiest way to get out of booking storylines. Here's a tournament. Mm-hmm. Let's just throw all these random matches together and mm-hmm. use indie footage because they, we haven't seen it on page on TV. When the music hit, it took me a second to realize who it was. So, and Eddie Kingston losing has become such a thing that you kind of, his matches just feel predictable. You gave him that big win against Jericho, but that was the only momentum that he's had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. Yeah. And and I get what you mean, Isa. I, I don't mind the fact that they brought up the fact that these guys have fought each other before, have had a rivalry on the on the indie scene, but now this is trans- moved over to the big stage, so to speak. Now they're on national television. They've brought this rivalry to national television. But to actually say that they've competed in um, dog collar matches and they've competed in steel cage matches and 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 um, he that Ethan Page actually defeated Eddie Kingston in an I Quit match. Sometimes giving too much information is not good on TV. The fact that you're mentioning uh, those indie promotions is nice. Gives them a little bit of a rub. The fact that these guys have a history together, that's fine too. But when you start, you know, cage match, uh, dog collar match, I quit match. Why am I getting a regular match? Right. Uh, That that, 
I, I completely agree. It, it's a rub. You know, they, they mentioned AIW in Cleveland, AAW in Chicago. It's a rub to those promotions to have their names spoken on, on, on Dynamite. But, but Jimmy, kind of what you're saying, it's like, well, if those promotions could give me those bigger matches, why aren't you? Why, why you know, if, mm-hmm. if the, if the, if, if these inferior promotions have been doing Kingston versus Ethan Page for the last decade, why the hell are you just now doing? You know, it, it does give off mm-hmm. a question of like, this is dynamite. This is this is TNT or uh, or TBS. I'm supposed to be seeing yeah. this. I'm supposed to be seeing the best, the first. The it does, you know, it does. I mm-hmm. think it does take away from that a little bit. Uh, Tina Miller, um, uh, she's a big Eddie Kingston uh, supporter. She says bias. Eddie Kingston's number one fan. <laughs> yeah, she says bias. Take it feels like the feud with Jericho sucked all of Eddie's momentum he had last year like a vacuum. I'm afraid he's spiring. Love y'all. I love you, Tina. Appreciate it. I will say this. I I think, you know, look, I think Eddie, it was this time last year, I believe, that Eddie had penned his um, very personal column in the Players Tribune. And he really opened up about his mental health and about his, you know, his his, uh, shortcomings, if you will professionally and personally and i remember reading that and that that was cool for me i was like man i'm a little bit more of a fan of this guy because this is that takes a lot of balls to come out and and talk about this so i appreciated and understood him more being on the roster even 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 if at one time i thought that he didn't necessarily fit the part i kind of feel like they've i don't want to say his 15 minutes are up but she used the word momentum i do feel like momentum has just kind of stalled with him and I don't know what necessarily to attribute it to, but I do feel like kind of Eddie Kingston's best times in AEW might be behind him. Mm. Jimmy, I mean, I mean where do you, where, no, where do you sit? I, I think, uh, yeah, he's he's fallen into the Wardlow trap right now. Where Oh, God, they, don't put him in the same sentence as that. Come on now. Uh, well, don't, don't put Wardlow in the same sentence as that. No, it's just, uh, again, uh, I think, I think you're right. I think there's a, a little bit of a lapse here. Maybe it's time to take Eddie off TV for a little while and bring him back in a different form or fashion. Let him re rejuvenate his career in a different form. Uh, but can he? Because he, he's not yeah. a guy that you're not going to toss a mask on him and have him reinvent. He he is who he is. Like what? I mean, how much could you really reinvent him? Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, turn him heel. <laughs> turn him heel. That's it. Just let I him mean, go after not? all the baby faces. You know, I'm the guy that that that, that puts his you know, puts everything out there for the, for the people, for the fans, for this company. To hell with the fans. To hell with the people. And, you know, yeah. you guys all suck up to them and stuff like that. I'm not sucking up to anybody anymore or something like that. Anyway. Yeah. And somebody when the chat was mentioning making it a gimmick match, you can mm-hmm. make it a gimmick match if it's a tournament. Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen had an incredible ladder match. That was part of a tournament. So you could have made mm-hmm. it, you could have hyped up the stakes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin jumping back in as our fourth man here saying Eddie Kingston versus MJF promos equals money. Their match would be money as well. Ethan versus MJF doesn't sound interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, an Eddie Kingston and MJF, um, just to, just the sheer opposites end of the spectrum there. Yeah. MJF, who is at what, 23, 24, who's, you know, taking over the business, mm-hmm. it, you know, is going to just call out and antagonize a 41 year old, any Kingston mm-hmm. of, you know, it took you this long to get here pops. Um, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, it, it may have some legs. It may have some legs, but uh, don't undersell Ethan Page. I've seen this guy a lot. And oh, he's great. He's he's, he's awesome. He's mm-hmm. awesome. Trust me. Agreed. You Canadians got to stick together. Uh, yeah, eh? 
Eh? <laughs> eh? Uh, all right. Uh, Arya Davari is in the ring. He's trying to sell his butler in exchange for the TNT title. Wardlow comes out. Uh, headbutts, lariats, and powerbomb symphony. Three powerbombs <laughs> on Arya Davari. The bigger news here is after the match. Wardlow calls out powerhouse Hobbs. Hobbs uh, comes, you know, starts to come down the ramp. Warlow thanks Hobbs for coming at him face to face and not, you know, not from a sneak attack. And Warlow says, I'm going to take all of the titles. And that is an instant response by Samoa Joe, who was standing behind Warlow as part of War Joe to attack Warlow with his title and beat him up. But then we still see Samoa Joe and Hobbs jaw jacking. So mm-hmm. the point being, this was not some master orchestrated plan. This was Joe snapping at Wardo's comments, and, and Joe and Hobbs are, are no, you know, friends here. So, um, Issa, obviously, you know, I'm extremely sensitive to to Wardlow. Uh, do you like Warjo being broken up here? Yeah, um, because up until the turn, I didn't like Samoa Joe coming out with him. I felt like it was just discarding it, and and I'm glad that we did get a turn because otherwise, I didn't feel like we. I didn't feel the need to have Samoa Joe out there with him. If they're doing something as a tag with the whole thing that they're doing as a part of Ring of Honor, then they should be together. But otherwise, if Warlow's coming out, you know, for a TNT title match, he doesn't need um, Samoa Joe there. So I, I was nitpicking at that until I saw that it was going somewhere. Well, we didn't get to see it because the cameraman completely missed it. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's what we were going with. I'm, I'm excited about that. I, I smell a big, meaty, man-slapping meat match coming our way mm-hmm. here with Warlow, Samoa Joe, and possibly Hobbs. But, I mean, if, if we have Samoa Joe out there for a turn, can we capture the moment? That would be nice. You're, you, you, exactly what I have written down here. And and not, not to not to correct you, Isa, but it wasn't the cameraman who the was director. the director the who director. called for the shot of Hobbs while Samoa Joe was swinging the title at the yeah. back of Wardlow's head. So whoever the director is, boy, you blew that one. Yes, you could see it again on an instant replay, but it loses that effect. What, what, and, and it's yeah. funny, and it's funny too that they missed that shot because leading up to that, they were utilizing one of the things that they do on TV that WWE does not do, mm-hmm. uh, which is AEW has a knack every now and again for doing a split screen, which I like because in pro wrestling, when you have this back and forth of both verb, both the spoken word and just the facial expressions. Uh, do a split screen so I can s- capture both in the moment. They were doing a split screen of Hobbs on the ramp and 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 Wardlow hollering at him, and they went away from it. If they would have kept the split screen, you would have been able to see Wardlow get hit from behind. And so, yeah, it was, it was it, to, to Jimmy's point from a technical standpoint, the camera, the camera people just capture what they're told to capture. It's the director, mm-hmm. and then they are hollering out which shot to take, which then is is called the technical director, who is the man who is physically pushing mm-hmm. the buttons of take which camera, make it whatever. They flubbed it up at the truck. Um, so, I mean, mm-hmm. Jimmy, good on you to, to, to defend the camera people because it actually wasn't on them. Yeah. Um, no, well, I got along with the camera guys as well. I tried to stay out of their way as much as possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, uh, you know, Wardo's been kind of, we've talked about it. He, he had a tremendous summer, then just kind of in this funk of uh, he was just lightning in a bottle. He had the Goldberg effect that we talked about, it, and then he's just been kind of in this funk. Is, is this is this a, a recharge to him mm. that we're going to get him maybe in a match against? 
you know, veteran Samoa Joe, up and coming Hobbs. Obviously, Warner needs to retain. Is this is this yeah. a is this a recharge for him, Jimmy? Um, hopefully, hopefully, this is something that recharges because they had something with him, and I just hope that they didn't miss the boat with uh, doing this tag team Ward Joe and all that sort of stuff. Uh, this guy is another guy who's got uh, potential money written all over him, but you got to book him right. And Esau, I want him to get that money. I get 10%. Um, are you happy that Warjo's done? Yes. Yes, I am. Kevin is too. I don't too. think I want to see Warlow as mm. a singles. He's a star. He's got it. I don't understand why you're wasting him. So yeah. hopefully, like, like Jimmy said, hopefully this is a recharge and we see Warlow come, on, come out on top and, and continue his momentum that he's lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kevin Landry says, thank goodness Wardo's done worst tag team name ever. I don't know if it's the worst <laughs> tag team name ever. Uh, th- does he remember, Kevin? Were you, do you remember Techno Team 2000? Hmm. Anyways, don't get me started. <laughs> There's a lot we can go into. On, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, up next, we get the advertised face-to-face of the women, Soraya and Brit, Dr. Britt Baker. Uh, Tony Schiavone starts this, and then he makes an awkward exit. He looked like he had mm-hmm. trouble getting out of the ring there, but that's mm-hmm. just my own little fun poking fun at Tony. Uh, these two ladies uh, really go at it here. Let me go through the um, through the bullet points here. Uh, Soraya starts with the announcement uh, that unfortunately for Britt, Soraya is 100% cleared medically. Mm-hmm. And she goes on to say, AEW is my house. Britt snaps back and says, no, I built AEW from the ground up. Mm-hmm. So, superstars like you can come over and pay some rent to be here. Mm. Um, Britt then continues to say, we don't make walk. We don't accept walk-ins here. So bitch, make an appointment uh, mm. seeming, you know, to, to throw shade at Saray. Everything she's going to come in and have her first match in years and just be right there uh, up against Britt. Mm. Uh, Soraya says, it's funny for you to say Britt, because you got everything here hand handed to you. You were handpicked for your role by Tony Khan. Soraya says, I have been publicly humiliated. I have battled in public my drug addiction. I have broken my neck. Britt doesn't know what it takes to make it in this business. She, Soraya has been in it for 17 years or whatever the number is. Uh, they are going to have a match, though, at full gear. Um, I, this is, uh, look, look at the full gear card. Uh, Issa behind the MJF Moxley. This is my number two interest here. Yeah, there's, um, and we'll get into it later, but there's three women's matches that actually have storylines. These matches have been building up, and I'm so excited about that for the women's division. It doesn't feel like we're just throwing women out there to put women on the card. This was awesome. I, I felt like both of these women had a lot of good points. I felt like, I, I think this is the newsworthy aspect of the show that Tony Khan promised, but I was I felt like it was, predictable like you wouldn't not tease Paige and, and Britt getting to this point if we didn't know that that we were going to get Paige being clear very happy for Paige hopefully you know she's gonna be okay I feel like us as as people that watch them we're gonna be extra careful and extra protective the first few matches because that's what we did we did it with Ish we did it with Daniel Bryan that's what we do but if she's clear let her wrestle because I was the first one to say her career got taken away way too young and i know she did Mm -hmm. this for a long time but she was still way too young to have her entire career taken away i love this back and forth i felt it was very realistic i love the points that were made there was also a couple of points that i wish would have been made in the in the side in the aspect of soraya here 
I, I still don't feel like she's giving Brit the, the respect that Brit need, that Brit deserves. Like this woman is a freaking dentist. She doesn't have to be busting her ass in the ring. She has a career. This is something that she does because she has a passion for it. And we have seen Brit Baker wrestle through a lot of injuries in, in, in AEW, right? And, and, and Brit should also give that respect that, yeah, you've been here for three years, but this is the biggest match of your career compared to, you know, what we've seen before. That being said, I am super excited for this match. It's, it's probably, correct me if I'm wrong, but off the top of my head, there's not a lot of grudge women's matches that we see. No title involved, just a, a, a must-see uh, two superstars, female in AEW. I'm super hyped for this. Well, and that's Jimmy, I want to ask you kind of that, stepping off of what Issa just said. You know, you have the AEW Women's Championship, and then you have the... Uh, TBS title, which is held by Jade or mm-hmm. self-proclaimed right now by Nyla, mm-hmm. this this non-title uh, grudge match uh, between <clears throat> Soraya and Britt to me is more important than anything that any women's title has going on. It has overtaken it in the in the excitement level, that's for sure, and and uh, it it's both good and bad because yes, it's good because you want to see, I want to see Soraya get back in the ring and I want to see her succeed and do well. And, and of course, you know, wishing nothing but safety as well. Uh, But I'm I'm sure she's going to, her and Britt are going to have a banger of a match. And, but when a non-title match uh, is, feels more important, like you said, Justin, than the main women's title and also the secondary women's title. And, oh man, uh, it, it just speaks volumes to uh, how, how, you know, how over, let's put it this way, Britt and Soraya are right now and how they're missing the boat a little bit with the women's championships right now. Yeah, Jimmy, but to your Jimmy, point, Jimmy, the world Jimmy, title is an interim and it's not going to feel yeah. important until they, we stop calling it interim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Jimmy said banger. banger After banger. Banger. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it does feel. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. It, hmm. it, it, this did. This, this yeah. feels. This this feels bigger than anything in the women's division mm-hmm. right now. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. But this... Saraya promised that she was going to come here and make changes in the women's division. And to me, while I understand your perspective there, Jimmy, because it doesn't help your titles, it really does something. Because what we were getting mm-hmm. were a couple of matches thrown together. This title is going to be defended. Sure. No story going into it. And if you look at WWE, we also haven't seen a good grudge feud in a while. It's fun mm-hmm. to just watch people go at it because they don't like each other. No title mm-hmm. needs to be involved. And these names do not mm-hmm. need a title. Are yeah. the other women doing something for the titles, though? That's something to be discussed at a later I, time. Yeah, they, they still got one more week to help build that. But I will say this again, another great job by Saria in the promo part department, you know, showing passion. It, it really, really translated well. Uh, she did a great job in that. And, um, you know, just, just overall tonight, it seemed like the talking segments were, other than the ones backstage, were working. The ones that were happening in the ring were working. Uh, yeah. Robert also liked the promo. Said the promo is authentic on both sides. So thank you, you Robert, for that. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're still have another week to go, so we can always do official predictions next mm-hmm. week. But just as we sit right now, I mean, to uh, to to both of you, do, do you see any situation to where Soraya loses this match, or is this kind of a foregone conclusion that she's got to come out and win her comeback match, right, and her debut match in AEW? The, the, you can make a you can make a case for her losing again. It depends on how it's done. 
you know, where, you know, maybe something happens. Uh, I see Issa shaking her head already. She needs the win right out of the gate. But, uh, and, and I agree. I was going to say yeah. that, that, but uh, you can make anything work depending on how you do it. It just, uh, in this situation, I think that you're, I think her, I can't even spit it out. Look at that. I think Soraya should get the win. It's just a matter of how you do it. It's just, I feel like Britt hasn't been getting her just desserts. Maybe this wasn't the right person for her first feud. That's where I was going. Um, Britt Baker is my favorite in the women's division in mm -hmm. AEW. My scissoring partner. Find the pictures on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. However, because she's been taking so many pins on TV, that's the only reason why I don't see her winning. If you have Britt Baker as this dominant force as we saw her in, during her title reign, then I could tell you, oh, this could go either way. Right now, I don't even see it as a matter of Soraya getting her first match back. It's just a matter of Britt Baker has no momentum, and that's on, on the booking that she's experienced. While it has helped Jamie Hayter, she's taking a lot of pins on TV. So what makes you think that she's not going to lose at the pay-per-view as well? Well, that's something to keep in mind, right, is that Britt does have... Uh... You know, she does have uh, Rebel, and she has she has Hater. So, I mean, that would be a way to try to. Yeah, but Jamie Hater has also the biggest match of her career on that night. Right. Depends on how we book this and in which order these matches get put in the card. Yeah, sure. it's so wild. I can remember. Um, I gotta talk about Survivor Series. <laughs> uh, Survivor Series twenty fourteen. Yeah, it was the one that Sting made his uh, debut in WWE. <laughs> We were in here in Pittsburgh, and there was about thirty of us that gathered at a uh, local local you know, restaurant and bar that was actually showing Survivor Series. And Britt was in this group. Britt and I were in this group, and we're watching. And we're you know, we're just having you know, having food and drinks and, and and cheering on, just having fun, just watching wrestling. And I can remember there was Paige was um Paige was a team captain for a Survivor Series match that night. And I remember just sitting there with Britt and, you know, Britt, you know, being very, you know, she was like a year and not even a year, maybe inside of her, her pro career of having matches and training or everything. And just, you know, sitting there talking about Paige and how young she was and just knowing what we knew, you know, Paige had just debuted earlier that year at Mania, you know, being 21 or whatever it was. And mm -hmm. just seeing, and, and, and Saray even said before wrestling was even a twinkle in your eye. Now, obviously the wrestling was a twinkle in Britt's eye and at this point. But when they said that, I just had this personal moment of like, wow, like this just hit a little personal. Cause I can remember sitting there drinking some Miller Light, eating some pizza next to her. We're watching Survivors just watching this. And then now here we are eight years later, and we're talking about it being the second biggest match on the card. And, and mm -hmm. it's just, you know, it's this is the world goes around here. Amazing. Fun stuff. Yep. All right, uh, we got Trent Beretta. Um, he's up against Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal's attacking him before he gets uh, even to the ring. Mm -hmm. uh, this match eventually happens. Um, uh, Satnam Singh, Sanjay Dutt, Dan, Dan Housen, they all get involved, but ultimately Jay Lethal hits uh, the lethal injection for the win. So Jay Lethal's starting to rack up some wins on Dynamite. That's pretty, mm -hmm. uh, pretty important. Mm -hmm. But the biggest stuff out of this is post-match. Post-match, uh, Sonya Dutt brings out Jeff Jarrett, the, the, their newest guy to their alliance. Um, Jeff Jarrett proceeds to talk about why did the why is the last outlaw in AEW? And he talks about how when a friend calls, you answer, talking about his friendship with Sonya Dutt. But he talks about how he signed Jay Lethal to his first full-time contract ever in his career. 
He talks about Sonia Dutt having an IQ of 181, how they've taken over promotions together. Hmm. He talks about Satnam Singh being a legit seven foot five giant. This ain't no make believe monster with red skinny jeans that's being controlled by the banana nosed circus. So Jeff Jarrett, we we're later going to find out it's going to be Jarrett and Lethal versus Darby and Sting at full gear. But nobody care about that. We all care about Jeff Jarrett taking some shots at a Braun Strowman. And, and at a, is, is Triple H running the circus? Uh, well, it, it definitely appears to be. That, sh- that, that banana nose running the circus shot, uh, uh, line that he threw out there. I thought there was an amicable split there until that line was thrown. And then all of a sudden that just tells me, Something is up there that we don't know about. But now that, and the bad thing about it is people are going to focus on that line more than putting the big guy over and or anything like that. Everybody's going to focus. Oh, did you see the shot he took at Hunter and uh, calling the circus? Uh, sometimes just don't even bother with the other guys and just concentrate on your own stuff and get your own guys over. Yeah. And Issa, look, here's my thing. Obviously, you know I'm a big Braun fan, but uh, but I know Braun. It's not everybody's cup of tea. I've heard. Remember uh, when I told you he wasn't it back in 2015, and you didn't want to listen? <laughs> Anyways, in the words of Doctor Evil, <laughs> I did, I did. I, I'll never forget. We were at the media. I, we were at the Raw after Media 33, and I told you he's not it, Lavar. I don't know what you're on. Shush. Okay. Shush, okay. please. I've heard rumors. I heard he's not everybody's cup of tea. I've heard he's a little he he he's 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 his he's his own best agent. I know that doesn't always rub people the right way. But the take shot at the Triple H. I mean, like you know, I I guess what I'm getting at here is like, you know, unless Jeff has got a better financial deal at AEW than he did in his previous role in WWE. I mean, you're taking shots at a banana nose ran circus. That we're hearing about how that circus is, is is accumulating more revenue just from Saudi shows than in the thirty five plus year history of made. Like I don't know, just come on, Jeff. Like what? Like why? Because to Jimmy's point, now all oh, that's what we're talking about. I'm not even talking. I'm not even talking about. It. I'm not even. I'm not even pulling out a tape measure. Is Satnam Singh actually two inches taller than than Omas? I don't even care. I'm more I'm focused on the banana nose circus point of this all. Yeah. Honestly, I was more focused on the boy that had no reaction last week, so they just completely took him out of the faction this week, and nobody mentioned him. What was his name? Cole Carter. Remember? Yeah. Where oh, was he? Okay. And what was he not mentioned at all. <laughs> fake, fake, fake sting. Yeah, Very I call well. him. Char- I call him Chart Boy. Anyway, so. Uh, the yeah. W- wait, real, real talk, real quick. As I said, he's a, a, a Pittsburgh boy, homegrown with us. Uh, bro comes out the curtain. <laughs> Panties drop. I gotta give it to him. Dude is just like uh, he's well, he, he wasn't he, coming out of any curtains today wearing mm. no mask. <laughs> they just completely acted like last week never happened. They did. I just want to give I just want to defend Cole Hart a little bit. He's yeah. okay, got, no, that's he's, good. Okay. He's, got, uh, the, he's got he's got he's got he's got the female demo. Okay. Sure, sure. Uh the isn't it weird that you're talking about the female demo and you're a dude mm-hmm. and I'm the girl and I'm well, over here? Sure, sure he does. He's like, I'm directing he's like five to, eight. I'm directing <laughs> it to you. I'm just saying. You're always worried about big. You're always worried about big meaty men slapping meat. I mean, 
He's mm-hmm. not in that category. How tall is he? How tall is he? Uh, he's my height. He's like six six one. I'm saying he's not. He's not. He's not necessarily a big meaty man. He's kind of like a nice uh, slender cut of a sirloin. I guess maybe I don't know. And he's more like grilled chicken breast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Listen, I'm on a diet. I love me some grilled chicken breast right now. Okay. Listen, the, the WWE digs. <laughs> We got way are off just, topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to bring it back. The WWE dicks are just not for me anymore. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. you know, at some point, it's just like, oh, okay, that's cute. Um, but let's move on. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I, I made fun of it on my watch along, right? I That's it. I was more focused on what poor Cole Carter and the fact that they made such a big deal out of it last week. And now this week, he was nowhere mm-hmm. to be found, not even mentioned. Um, again, I said it last week, and I'll continue to say it. I do think getting Jeff Jarrett is a, is a very good gift for, for AEW, especially with mm-hmm. his brain and you know his, his mentality. Do I want to see this match? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's the problem. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I saw everything that I needed to see from Darby and, and Jay Leto last week. Jimmy, what are you expecting to see? Jeff Jarrett's going to be in his debut AEW match, a tag match. He's obviously in phenomenal shape. I don't think yeah. there's, no, there's no question about him being able to go out there and perform. Uh, what do you make of that? Him and Jay Lethal up against Sting and Darby Allen? Uh, I'm okay with it. You got old school and new school together. Well, Jay Lethal isn't really new school. He's kind of like in between school. Let's put it that way. He's not. He's not quite as old school as Jeff and Sting, but. Uh, this is an opportunity to get the guys that are going to do the majority of the work, like Darby Allen, who needs a big win here. I think uh, after a few weeks of, of, of not being that guy, I, I think he's the one that needs to come out of here looking like uh, smelling like roses. Let's put it like that way. And here's the opportunity to do that. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, as I heard, I read somebody saying there in the chat that watch Sting no sell the guitar shot. Uh uh, I hope we don't see a guitar shot during the match and the referee standing there, even though Sting no sells it and the referee is about to ring the bell and he goes, well, he didn't sell it. So anyway, uh, we will get to referee disqualifications in a moment. Uh, okay. of course, we talked about the Mox promo earlier, already covered mm-hmm. that. Uh, we do get another one of these uh, teaser videos about the elite, about the young mm-hmm. bucks and Kenny Omega being erased. We see a lot of uh, pictures of early days of them growing up and what have mm-hmm. you. We, there are, glimpses of the prudential center which is the location of full gear so hint hint wink wink say no more mm-hmm. uh so i i mean i'll just real casually toss it out there i mean i 100 right we're gonna get the young bucks and kenny omega resurfacing at full gear that's that's definitely what it appears to be the seeds more have been more than planted they've been watering these seeds as well and like you said with these shots of the prudential center it's almost uh, a dead giveaway, and 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 I, I can understand why they need it, it. They took their time promoting this event. I mean, we're two weeks away, uh, a little over two weeks away, and and tonight was the official. You know, really, let's get this motor going to get uh, start pushing this pay per view. That's what it yeah. feels like. Issa, back to what we were talking about earlier. I mean, is this a sign that? If the Bucks and Omega are going to reappear for the first time since the uh, brawl out, they're going to appear at Full Gear. Is the only logical destination where they appear something connected to the title match between Moxley and MJF, or do they show up isolated as their own? Or I mean, like, where do you think they show up? I don't know. I thought that maybe you should have had them show up earlier and and book them on a match just for 
selling tickets purposes. I mean, yeah, we know they're going to show up, but what what are they going to do? I, I would have liked to know that ahead of time. Excited to see them show up. Nonetheless, I do think they're missed on TV, but trio's title, you know, they were kind of stripped of them. We never really got a lot of answers, so it would have been nice to put them in a, maybe a trio's title match. But regardless, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. And, and yeah, it, the tease could have not been more of a dead giveaway at that point. The gears turning, Prudential Center, like it's just a matter of, hey, this is where the, we are going to see them. All right, Sky Blue versus Jamie Hayter. Uh, at 9.30 p.m. on the dot. Yeah. <laughs> I always say the train's never late. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hater's gonna win with a ripcord, Larry. I do want to give a shout out to Sky Blue. I, I don't see a lot of Sky Blue, but I, I did. Uh, I was uh, impressed by her on a few different mm-hmm. sequences of athleticism and strength that she had. Um, so just a shout out to Sky Blue. Mm-hmm. If, if anybody's talking to Sky Blue tonight, tell her I said what's up. Uh, yeah. shout out to her. But uh, Jamie Hater wins here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tony Storm's at ringside. You know, we're just but Brit and Rebel are there with Jamie. I, not much more to say here, but. Hater gets a win. No surprise. Yeah, no surprise. The 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 lariat did look good though. It, yeah. looked, it looked devastating. And and like yes, you said, Sky Sky Blue did, did did her job very well tonight to help, you know, get Jamie Hater over and get her, uh, you know, hopefully pumped up for the pay per view. Absolutely. All right, main event time. It is uh, Brian Danielson versus Sammy Guevara. Two out of three falls. These are two of the four participants in what's going to be at full gear a match for the ring of honor title the other two being claudio Castanoli and of course champion chris jericho mm-hmm. so two out of three falls matches uh, uh jimmy i'll defer first to you as the referee mm-hmm. i am very i'm always very harsh on two out of three falls i don't care which company it is because I feel like it's just, it's, just, it's such a predictable trope and so few ever even take advantage of having two falls you know happen in a row mm-hmm. so it's it, so my point being it it really makes the story of the match have to shine to to make me forget about it being a predictable mm-hmm. scenario that said i like their usage of us getting through the falls right. uh the first fall when we start the match danielson is just beating the hell out of Guevara. He he's got full control of sammy uh, and finally, to the point where uh, Ty tries to step in the way and tries to stop Brian by some time. Sammy then does the old Sabu, just chucks the chair right at Brian's head. Mm-hmm. Referee saw it and recognizes the DQ. Mm-hmm. DQ. So the first fall goes to Brian on account of a DQ. Uh, then the second fall is going to go to Sammy. He's going to get the pin mm-hmm. um, on Brian, so you know, at, at least we got to the all important, you know, sudden death third fall through some manner of creativity. Uh, am mm-hmm. I wrong here? No, you're not wrong. And one of the brilliant things about this match was the announcers to help tell the story to the audience for those who didn't understand why would he purposely get himself disqualified? He was sacrificing the first fall because he was getting dominated. Now he took him out with the chair, he's down one fall, but. Now, Brian Danielson is at the disadvantage, and he could take advantage of that. So basically, the story they were telling was he sacrificed that first fall in order to to get the upper hand. And it worked because he tied up the match at 1-1, and it looked like he was dominating through the third fall until Brian Danielson made his comeback and eventually you know, pulled out the big win, two out of three. And it should be noted, too, after that first fall DQ, just before the cut in commercial, uh, after the throwing of the chair, then uh, Sammy does a few more shenanigans. He's taking the the microphone that's there with the 
the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the bell and he's pounding on Brian. And, and I mean, the, the place is just F you, Sammy. I mean, he's just got heat everywhere. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, doing his job. Uh, finally, though, Brian is going to ultimately get the submission on Sammy. He's got the label lock, and then he readjusts and gets into some other variation. I don't know the submission name. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm not Excalibur, but he ultimately <laughs> gets the ref to call it, gets mm-hmm. the victory. Uh, so Brian Danison gets the win as we are on the road to this fatal four-way for this ROH championship. Uh, Issa, you know, Jimmy's always talking about 20 pounds uh, potatoes in a 10-pound bag. I-, I do feel they kind of reined it in tonight. They were a little more streamlined in – Let's not have so much goo goo gaga before and after. Let's try to be a little more focused. That's not to say there wasn't critiques to this show, as we've certainly covered in the last mm-hmm. hour and 22 minutes, but I appreciate the straightforwardness of this main event. Yeah, it was greatly appreciated on my end. Even even um, the, what you mentioned about the commentary, I love that. I love and And we don't see DQs all the time. So when you do see them, you go like, whoa, whoa, hold on a minute. Mm-hmm. DQ and AEW. So I do appreciate the fact that they don't book them often. They do ignore the rules <laughs> in order mm-hmm. to not book this DQ, right? But when you do see one, you go like, okay, um, this match got so good after they were tied that's going for that last fall there were so many counters the back and forth it was like who can they were really trying to hurt each other it looked like brian had a broken nose or something because he was bleeding from the share shop but also you could see his nose was bleeding i hope he's okay but i thought this match was fun it went over i believe it was like a minute or two so i was like oh god did we buy an overrun and now jas is gonna come out and then the you know blackpool comeback plug and no 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 it just ended with a good match and sometimes that's all you need. And I, I really, really appreciated this main event. I'm actually looking forward to this Fatal 4-Way because we just saw one one half of this Fatal 4-Way can do. Imagine adding Jericho and Claudio to that to that mix. It's going to be a crazy match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, happy, I think, 52nd birthday to Chris Jericho who showed wow. off his uh, physique mm-hmm. at 52. So, Do you see him in The mm-hmm. Masked Singer? Mm-hmm. Oh, is he in the mass singer? No, I missed Oh my it. god. Oh, you have to watch it. There's a clip going around social media. I'll DM it to you guys because okay. to us it's so obvious that it's him. <laughs> We're wrestling fans, right? But it you it, it's hilarious. I'll send but, it. I'll send but, it to you guys. But he hasn't been revealed yet? No, but it's him. <laughs> but it's him. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, please send it to me. Um, yeah, you know, I, I gotta say, tonight's dynamite for me to grade it is kind of peculiar because mm-hmm. this was definitely not the most exciting dynamite to watch um but looking at the objective which is of course full gear they got a lot featured and accomplished so you know i wouldn't say it's a failure of an episode definitely not a failure they they certainly moved forward to Mm -hmm. november 19th but it was not the most exciting it was kind of like it was kind of like i would say i would classify it as jimmy as a um unnecessary episode yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, I I was trying to think of the right word, and I think a necessary episode is a great way to put it because they needed to get the right kind of attention, especially on the main event match for the world championship. I think they did that they did an amazing job of talking people into the seats and talking people, like I said earlier, into buying the pay-per-view with that amazing uh MJF promo and Moxley's promo in the ring, too. So they've 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 got my money. Yeah. 
So that was uh, Dynamite tonight from Boston. Uh, again, we have one more Dynamite to go before Full Gear on the 19th. Um, so what they do next week on the go home, we will be all eyes on and we will be here live uh, for you. Um, as it relates to to all things. Oh, 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 oh I just got oh. easy, to sli- easy to slide into the DMs. That's what ah, we're, nice. we're all here and our chimes go off. Oh, okay. uh, very good. Um, wow. Thanks, everybody, tonight for all the super chats and the comments. Uh, really good. Uh, hang on. Let me make sure. Do we? Maybe I did not do my job. Do we still have some? I think you I'm read sure. Dylan's. Uh, you read Roberts, but you didn't read Dylan's. Dylan, uh, I dare Tony Khan to book Braun versus Satnam Singh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think Braun's going to be showing up in, in Jacksonville anytime soon. Probably but, uh, not. Uh, thanks to everybody, though, of course, in the chat. Super Chats, appreciate everybody in the live chat. Again, if you are checking us out after the fact on replay, I love I love waking up on Thursday mornings oh. to, tweet, to tweets of... I just... Uh, here, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just saw it from Bernie. Thank you, Bernie DC. Because apparently at Survivor Series 97, I refereed the, the ah. uh, Survivor match of Team Canada versus Team USA. Thank oh, you, Bernie. You <laughs> <laughs> I thought Bernie went back to watch for us. <laughs> That's great. Uh, it's insane that you ref that match and you just can't recall it because of all the madness that went yeah, on that night. Like, that, that's that, insane. No, it's amazing that I can, you know, uh, I think it was Heart Foundation and, and, uh, so, anyways, like like you said, I don't remember refereeing that match because of all the stuff that happened afterwards that's just crazy. took, just, dominates my mind my memories yeah. anyways so that's 97 so you you you're not married yet nope did you have anybody so there's you're not calling home to anybody to like nope say you're not gonna believe this shit you're you're you're, you're a single man on an island of your own right <laughs> yeah exactly it, it was all in the car afterwards driving with the the crew with Chimel and the crew you know just uh, talking about what happened you know like and could you believe Mark Hayden would ring the bell like that? You know, <laughs> so, you know, just you know, taking our cheap shots at our at our boys. But the, other than that, it, it dominated the conversation all the way to Ottawa. It's not a long drive from Montreal, but still, very fun. All right, well, big thanks to everybody uh, yes. tuning in tonight. I love it live. I love the tweets on the Thursday morning of where in the world you are listening and and what you're doing to pass the time. Uh, Issa, give us the cheap plugs. I did it earlier, NYC Demon Diva on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. At Jimmy, Jimmy. Cordero, at Jimmy Corderas on Twitter, at Real Jimmy Corderas Instagram. You can find me on social media, on Facebook, everywhere, doing the ref and rants from Monday to Friday, just having some fun, being the Canadian heat magnet. And you can also get the T-shirts, ref and rant T-shirts, ProWrestlingTees.com, and you can see me here on Wednesday nights with, with these two, and on Monday nights, usually the Triple J after all. Jimmy, always with a rough and rant to the coffee. Jimmy, Jimmy, give, give us your what's your brand of coffee you drink? Uh, believe it or not, do oh, do I want to give it out there? Yeah, we uh, it's it's a brewed Maxwell House deep, rich, dark roast. And but there's also some other brands we have. Some uh, there's this one called Dewey Eggbird, which is awesome. What is it? Dewey Eggbird. It's a, it's a yeah. And I was uh, waiting for you to bust out like Tim Hortons or something. Uh, no, that's I do that through the drive through during the day, so I don't need it at home, too. Jimmy, so, I'm gonna mail you some Puerto Rico coffee. Oh, my goodness! Oh, my goodness! So you can give awesome. me a review, you can you'll you be can on, let you'll, me know. 
You she can let me know on, which refing rants you're drinking. It. <laughs> he'll be on. He'll be on. He'll be on his ass. The refing rant will be going for. A while. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm a I'm a Dunkin' Donuts guy for anybody. Oh, okay. I had a I don't, don't eel me. I had a funny. <laughs> I tried. I had a relative who's into uh, Cafe Bustello. Bustello's okay. Well, maybe I'm just a lightweight when it comes to the coffee. Yeah. I got some Cafe Bustello and I had like three. Uh, we have a, we have a Keurig. So oh, I had like no 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 no. I had like three of the the, the K cups of a Cafe Bustello. And then, and I was home by myself, and I was scared. I had like a certain high that I had not had, and I was like, "What is happening?" Nice. I nice. can't. I can't. I can drink coffee right now and go to bed, and it would be like nothing. I wish. Yeah. Oh, coffee! Like once it, when we, when you grow up here, like they feed it to us in our like baby bottles, so it's just something <laughs> that doesn't even have an effect on us anymore. But I'm gonna I'm send you some. I'm telling you, I'll send you some tulip bars. So you guys can try some real coffee. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, that's going to do it. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, comment, do all the things. Uh, for me, at Justin Lavar across uh, the Twitter or the Instagram, Friday mornings on Busted Open Radio with Dave LaGreca and Thunder Rosa. Spar with Labar. Check it out live on Busted Open Channel 156 or on the podcast or on demand. Whatever works for you. Appreciate all of you. I'll be back. Actually, I'm not on next Monday. I'm off. I, I called off Monday. Not on next Monday. Uh, I'll be in football hell Monday night. Wait, they're putting me with. Oh, Rush tricked me. He didn't tell me how to do the podcast with Jack. I thought yes. it was going to be with you two. Oh, no. Nope. I'm going to have to have a conversation. Now. Oh, you, 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 Jimmy and Jack next Monday. I'll be back with you two next Wednesday. Well, good thing we have a referee. Good thing we have a referee. Absolutely. I may have to wear the striped shirt on Monday then. Please. Okay. Wear the stripes. <laughs> My God, go. between Issa and Jackie, you better separate those two. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like you, it's like the, it's like the, it's like the two prettiest people on our damn podcast network. We can't have them scratch each other up. God. There you go. Not possible. Not yeah. possible. All right, that's gonna do it again. Uh, appreciate all the support. Uh, wonder my wonderful co-host. Uh, thanks to everybody. Have a good night. We'll see you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.